The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Oh, what happened? No sound. <laughs> what is good, everybody? We're going to break down, of course, and recap the Tulsa game. We're going to dive into next week and all of that and more here on the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I am your host, Jay. As you can all see, we've got Coop and Chris has pulled up to the board. Uh, hit us up, you know, um, thanks for joining us here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you jump in the comments and let us know your feelings on the game. We're going to break everything down like we always do. We're going to keep it simple today. I'm traveling, as you can see behind me. I've got a hotel kitchenette set up or whatnot. So it's gone kind of weird, but at the same time, we're going to have fun talking about some of the best players of the game, especially some of the best plays and some of the things that jumped out to us this past week. Preparing for next week because we got Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati, and we'll wrap things up talking about some commitment watches as we've got a commitment that came through as well as a commitment that's showing up um, on a Wednesday potentially. So we got to cross the fingers and toes that something good happens. And with that, cool. what is going on? Boomer Sooner, baby, you know it is. Um, you know, that's exactly what you want to see. So uh, this is fun because uh, we're full-fledged in the season, and I'm already starting to get that twitch that, like, uh, you know, season's coming up on halfway. Uh, yeah. A, a quarter way through the season, and it gives you, you know, a little bit of that because I don't want it to go away. I know, right? The first three games always make you feel good. I'm working on a video to talk about some of the statistics behind it, but the first three games are always fun. It warms your heart to see that we're starting off as strong as we're supposed to. Now we got to go ahead and keep that momentum going. Chris, man, what it do, man? How's it going? I was checking you all out on the live stream of the recap. How are you feeling now that you slept on things? And then we're going to dive into some thoughts. Listen, Jay, we'll dive into that a little bit later. This is what I have to say to start this show, okay? There's a lot of questions that are going to be answered next Saturday. A lot of questions that are going to be answered next Saturday. For the Sooners, are you mature enough to go and handle business and be 4-0? Because Iowa State should be a cupcake, but you got to pass the first, the first stage, the first true road test of the season thus far. And then second off, the last thing I'm going to say, and then Jay, I'm going to turn it back over to you. There's some upsets brewing next week. Ooh, buddy. There's some Ooh. upsets brewing next week. So I'm just going to put everybody on notice. There's some upsets brewing next week. <laughs> hey, man, I was looking at the calendar for next week's games, especially preparing for the Bleach Report deal on Friday. Please check us out Friday. We'll be on at 10 a.m. Central Time. We'll be on the Bleach Report app going live, giving our predictions and stuff. And so, yeah, it's definitely a lot of games that I'm keeping my mind on or whatnot. So, Hank, what's going on? Thanks for pulling up as usual. Nah, blood. No, uh, no braiding. I'm traveling. So we were trying to get everything set up. I'm testing some stuff out. Hopefully things work like it's supposed to. What's going on, Stubby and Steven? Yes, I am not in office. Always fun. What up, Kim? I am excited about talking about it. And, yeah, we know we're going to talk about a little bit of last uh, – the, some of the other games around college football. Cap, what's going on, man? We're going to have Cap on it's here in the near future when I'm not traveling and I can actually help facilitate some things. Coop is doing work, some beauty in the background. So, Cap, thanks for joining us. Let's dive into the first set of things that I was thinking about for this one. Let's talk on offense, right? I feel like offense is probably the first thing we start on because I think that 
if we're going to really critique, we're heavily going to critique the defense. And that, to me, makes the most sense to critique the most, right? We are going into the second year of the, the Brent Venables era. We're seeing some improvements. And like I mentioned before, I'm working on a video to really dive into the numbers itself. But overall, we're seeing those 1% improvements that you want to see from a team that's growing with a new regime, new roster, and all of that. A- over 80% of the roster's turned over. So there's a lot of change coming down. But on this offense, though, we got what we wanted. Mm-hmm. We got Levy to not to, t- to take the gloves off. We got Levy to go out there, throw out an offense to where Dylan Gabriel can cook. And I know there's been a lot of, of course, noise talk on the way Dylan Gabriel plays, especially when you get to the bigger games. My, I'm trying to understand what truly is the concern moving forward, especially on this offense. So, Chris, we're going to start with you on this one because I know you had a lot to say on the instant reaction. But now that you've slept on it, mm-hmm. what's that feeling around offense? What about it makes you have concerns and what things are you excited about? Okay, so first off, I'm going to say this right here. This is in I hate to say this compared us to that program, but I'm just going to be honest with you. This is Baylor 1.0. And the reason why I say that is because we haven't seen the wave of receivers come in yet that we have uh, obviously, you know, received commitments from. So for me, this is 1.0, right? We're seeing it clicking. We're seeing this. The thing that I love the most about yesterday was the fact that uh, DG was decisive with the football. He was not waiting. It was there. You weren't seeing some of the like some of the deep balls, the interception or whatever. You could probably say that we kind of sailed in the air, but everything else that he was throwing was right on target, right on time. It was precise. He was right there. Um, biggest thing to me, the you know honestly, the wide receivers, like I, like I said last night on the instant reaction, I think you uh, Farouk and Andrew Anthony, I'm believers in those guys. You got, <laughs> behind them, though. you got some dogs behind them. I think Jaden Gibson. Uh, his confidence is there. That's all that he needed was just his confidence. But then you look at Nick Anderson as well. Petaway looked good. Every time Petaway is out there on the field, he makes plays. He's just a guy that just gets those targets. But uh, Gavin Freeman and then also uh, uh, Buckley Shelton and then obviously can't forget Stoops. Those are just really good possession guys and just glue guys that really kind of piece everything together. So I love everything I saw in the past game. And plus, one thing I definitely love was the fact that we got back to a lot of our bread and butter plays, the screens, different things like that. You don't have to run those, you know, Levy as creative as he is. You don't have to run those tight formations, different things like that. Get back to your bread and butter plays whenever you're trying to keep it vanilla or whatnot. The only downfall I've seen thus far, and I'll turn the mic over to you and Coop. Only down for only downside I've seen thus far is just our run game. We, I like what I've seen from Tywee Walker. Um, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Majors has had some moments for this team to really get to that level um, that you want. You have to get to in 27 going. Um, Javante Borns looks like he's still – he looks better because he's. you can see the jump cuts, you can see the vision, but he's running into a lot of traffic. That's where he's finding himself in trouble, a lot, a lot of traffic. And then, obviously, both players, you just see that they're they're knocking off the rust. So you're hoping that they can ramp up. Um, you know, maybe give Hicks a look. Smothers looks good when he's out there as well. We have a plethora of running backs uh, this year, but it's just that 
that run game hasn't looked elite. That and the offensive uh, line, my biggest fear with them are, are which drives are they going to take off? Because you may get a consistent three drives, but the next maybe two is kind of mediocre, right? So that's kind of my biggest, uh, you know, my, my, those, that was probably my, my main concern is just which plays are they going to take off and can our run game reach that elite level? No, it's good. And Coop, I'm passing to you in just a second. What to to, to tag along to what you kind of made mention of, there was a couple of things, especially the wide receivers looking just great. The line, I I I have questions on, and I'll dive into that after Coop. But one thing that I did want to point out, I made mention to everybody that game three, you will start seeing your starting running backs outside of everybody else. And this is why I said week four, that depth chart's gonna be different. We'll compare week four depth charts to my predictions to now because now we're going to see who do they believe are your starters going into conference play. Health-wise, we look like we're about as healthy as we're going to be. We walked out of a lot of this knock on wood with some pretty good, um, you know, with some good attrition so far. But the question is going to be who's going to actually be able to play, who's now out, who's injured. But overall – We've got a lot of questions to go, especially on the offensive line. Cool. Talk to me. What 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 jumped out to you in this game and what concerns do you have on the offensive side of the ball? Um, I mean, obviously you saw the you saw Jeff Levy come out and within the first few minutes, I mean, he went deep twice. Um, so that whole thing, listen, if you think that coaches don't listen to, you know, social media, listen to stuff like that. They're checking, they're checking the recruits, social media stuff too, because they got to have some kind of a pulse. And, um, I, you know, I, I want to maybe point out SMU's stats from this week. They played absolutely nobody. I, and I understand that, but they threw for, I mean, they, they totaled 566 yards, five touchdown passes for stone. And they allowed 156 yards with, uh, 62 yards, um, I believe it was 62 yards passing. And Jesus. Uh, and so it's um it's guys, that team is going to be good. There's a good, good chance that we're their only loss. We 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 made that comment. So you saw that game plan from last week just kind of get pitched because uh like we, you know, when we were on with Hall of Fame, we and Jason, uh coach brought up the fact that like, you know, when you when you play down competition sometimes you put your team in you know precarious situations to see kind of the, how they handle when stuff goes a little sideways and it just looks like the game plan last week was just not fully i don't know i just not fully uh thought out to us but you got to have a little bit of uh you know after seeing three games and two of them go like this you know it, i'm not i'm not worried about this offense um I think Marcus Major had another 30-yard run um, that got negated by a holding penalty. Um, so you add that in. Um, it, it, it's just you see some of the situations with um, the offensive line. They're, they're trying a lot of different schemes and a lot of different techniques. I saw somebody in the comments made a comment about the zone, uh, you know, the zone blocking and they weren't being physical enough. Now you got uh, now you got Caden Green coming in. Savion did get banged up a little bit. I mean, early in the game, he was he was putting some folks down. And uh, so I don't want that to get lost. 
he did get a little hurt on one of the extra points. And then, you know, you saw a rotation from that point. But, I mean, we were running backup offensive linemen in the first quarter. Uh, you know, when we were up 21 nothing, there were there were other guys in there. And I think that Beanball is trying to find that appropriate rotation. But I think it's there's a little bit of weight with the struggle bus in the running game that needs to be shared between the offensive line and the running backs because Javante Barnes just doesn't have quite the wiggle that he had, you know, that he showed last year. There were several times that our running backs um, chose to run through somebody instead of make a cut and go through the hole. I mean, go back and watch. It's a fun game to go back and watch because when there's so much going on, it's just, it's just brilliant. So um, I, you know, it, it, what was it the year with Baker? We go into Texas, we can't run the ball. We can't pass block. And then after that, it, you know, it all kind of gels after that point. Right. Obviously I don't want that to happen this year. And I think, you know, we still got two games. You've got a good test in a Cincinnati defensive front and they're going to have their a game. And I'm talking about our offensive line. We're going to roll out our a game. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to see some stuff there because if you go out and you throw up 150, some odd 160 yards rushing against Cincinnati, you know, I, I think that you call that a win. Mm-hmm. Um, now, DG in the passing, if you if you have been on Twitter at all, you see it left, right, up and down. Dude is, I mean, OU has, it's it, as far as an efficiency, uh, offense, defense, special teams, uh, we're in the top one or two in pretty much any iteration that you can see in that. And um, it, 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 it's beautiful. I mean, you saw the receivers, uh, you know, you did you you're the one uh, my buddy Cardick sent me a, uh, a tweet from one of the Randy Moss rookie year games where he had three catches, three touchdowns, 163 yards. Thanksgiving and, game. Yeah. And he said, Nick Anderson. And I was like, bro. And so I already hit up Nick and I was like, hey, man, we're going to be showing you some mad love on this podcast. You need to come on and talk about it because you see competitive catches. And I think that that's something that Dylan last year didn't really have a a lot of comfort with was throwing a ball in a competitive um in a competitive nature to where you get your receiver the opportunity because again you know I, this team had an identity last year that when stuff went sideways they they, they i mean they went into depression mode right and so um everybody prep it prep it you see the competitive depth at with receiver you see it you absolutely see it <laughs> and that's with you know that's with Mims you know having a game here today with Denver you know he's gone but yeah. I mean Gibson yeah. has had two of the most impressive catches since we've seen CD Lamb mm-hmm. uh you see guys uh who are catching the ball I mean it, it, it is beautiful I mean it was absolutely beautiful on offense and if there's yeah. anybody who's still taking shots at DG I mean just the guy is, I mean, now starting to get some Heisman hype. Yeah. Now, yeah, games through last year, mm-hmm. we were really stoked, right? Everybody was yeah. jacked. We just rolled over right, Nebraska, right. and and everybody was exciting. Well, here we go. We're three games in. We got two team, two teams that we should go beat, and this offense, yep, yep, yep. isn't going to stop. And Dang. so. Um, it, Oh, I was just gonna say, Jay, if I could just piggyback off of one point, just real quick. Yeah, Coop, yeah. Coop says something very, very important. Uh, important. He was just talking about like the zone scheme and or whatnot, and how we, you know, like I said, finding that traffic. Right. It is very crucial to this offense, especially in Levy's uh, scheme for you for 
the guards and the running back have to be on one accord. Make that mm-hmm. one block. Get us that one-on-one with that linebacker. Go make a play. That's yeah, got And that's all that was happening. If you go back to last year and watch the games and watch what Eric Gray was was able to do, that's exactly what he did. He and 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 to me, I think our offensive line is is more talented this year than it was last year. Yeah. But the difference is, is that vision. Yes. He won. He would win. I would say Eric Gray was winning 70 to 80 percent of his one on one battles with those linebackers or whoever he was meeting at that, that yes. level. Right. And so that is very crucial. And so you're waiting for that. And you think you're going to get that from Sawchuck and all of them. And I think it will be there. And one thing, let's not forget. As good as this, uh, as this Cincinnati defensive line is, so allegedly, uh, I mean, it's supposedly, you know, as 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 good as they are, I guess, right? They do run a three three five, so Lane should be there. Yeah, and, and and with with us putting up these these two performances, honestly, three performances, uh, I, I would say two and then maybe two and a quarter, right? Performances against uh, you know the three teams that we face. That three three five for them is going to be crucial because they're going to be playing deep as well. They're they're sending eight back, you know. Then you yeah. only those three. You should be able to run and punish this team. You have to set that tone early. Agree. When we'll dive into Cincinnati definitely mm-hmm. later on in the show because that is definitely a very good point. Key point to pay attention to is what Cincinnati is going to do to try to stop us. And right now we're showing that. We're passing a lot more than we're running, mainly because the passing is working, the running isn't. Now, something I want to point out about this game that jumped out to me, too, is that just as you mentioned, Coop, earlier, we started the game off with runs. I mean, so with, with two BD passes real quick, and they were like basically skinny post. We ran some skinny posts, got it to the got it into the receiver's hands. We actually ran a deep post with Andrell, and then we ran more of a skinny post with Farouk. He got past the defender, and as soon as he got the, the, the space – the ball was already in his hands. He caught it immediately, tucked, and was gone. So those passes are the passes you want out of a player like DG. Those are the type of passes you expect out of a quarterback that has the accuracy that he has. He doesn't have the strongest arm. I totally understand everybody wishes he would throw overthrow the receivers, but we've watched him overthrow receivers too and complain about that as well. So he's trying to get it at a better spot for them based upon the pace that they're going. And it looks like, honestly, completing 90% of his passes, Looks like he's starting to figure out their pace. He's understanding how fast they go. Now, the Gavin Freeman throw, he got leveled in that throw. I think that throw would have been past G-Freaky, but if you look at the play, Stogner kind of, you know, missed on his block, and uh, DG got hit right in the chest as soon as the ball was flying at his hand. So that's where the wobble came out of that one. If your quarterback gets leveled right as he's chunking it, there's a good chance it comes up short. And, of course, we talked about how that was definitely a pass interference. We won't get into that. And as the chat has been asking us questions, it does feel like those were Big 12 uh, referees because why we did not – we haven't had no holding calls yet for us this season. So, besides that, what we need to do is – and, Chris, you actually mentioned this before uh, as the season started. We need to do whatever we need to do to make sure that not getting those calls do not matter. Make it to where that is not a concern, that it sucks we're not getting calls, but guess what? We're so far ahead in these games that it doesn't matter. And we're going to put the Big 12 reps in a conundrum when we play Texas because they got to figure out, 
Should we call these penalties on them? Or should we not call these penalties on them? Should we be petty or should we not be petty? They're going to have to figure that part out. So overall, I think this was one of the better executed offensive performances, especially with Dylan Gabriel getting over 400 yards. Nick Anderson with his three catches and three touchdowns. The Randy Moss Thanksgiving game basically is what he had. And then adding in, just like you said, Coop, Jaden Gibson showing tough hands. What we have wanted out of that 6'5 monster for a while is – we want you to catch the ball and hold on to it. It looks like Emmett Jones has cracked the code with these boys. And so let's go to real quick something I want to ask y'all. Play of the game on the offensive side. What's your play of the game? Coop, start us off. You know, because I, I wanted to say it, I think it's Jalil Fruk's first touchdown. Um, listen, in a, in a world to where you wonder about college players and them getting too worried about theirs – I mean, this guy, he fumbled the kickoff, which nobody got to see. He fumbles the kickoff after just a great play. And then um, then he comes back out. And that most receive, you know, most receivers, and I'm stealing this line from somebody, most receivers go down and don't score at that point. They get tripped up right at the goal line or whatever. I think we still score, but the, he just has a, a way to run. And so – Everybody was asking, what's going on with Jaleel? Where's he been? What's going on? Where's that? Like, that was great for him. That was great for this offense. And it wasn't Stoops and it wasn't Anthony. And so right off the bat, you now have another wide receiver to now you got to go ahead and pay attention to. And so that got it kicked off because, you know, we made a mistake. We came out, we stopped them on defense. And then we 100% right after that just go straight down and you see an athletic play from him. So I know it's not the sexiest one, but it is, it, it, it was beautiful because I mean, the dude ran a great route and he had a great day and that set him up for going in the next because you have Stoops, Gavin, uh, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson. Uh, you got all these kids out here and who, who are you really, uh, who are you going to really key in on? So, right. you know, you can throw out the, uh, the three, three, five, but, you know, with with those guys now on those slants and those slant goes, like every single thing that we have done at this point is setting up more in the future. And yeah, so, that's a good point. You know, that, that, that was mine because it was not only a great run after the catch and a great execution, but it showed, hey, listen, we're not getting down. And it showed the mental toughness that I think that this team lacked last year. Chris, what was that play of the game for you on the offensive side? Man, I would say uh... – um, the touchdown that uh, Nick Anderson caught where he was carrying the defender into the uh, into the end zone with him. I, I thought for sure he was about to get pulled down, but he kept pulling. I said, okay, the Smitty effect. Okay. <laughs> You're, <laughs> You're right. The Smitty effect. I mean, I, You're I in Smitty system, through. baby. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I mean, I, I, I think you're seeing the Smitty effect all over the place, honestly. I think, you know, guys are faster, guys are bigger, guys are stronger. Um, you, you know, even though we want perfect football and we're not getting perfect football, we're still we're not having some of the lapses that we had last year, uh, you know, just from a, a stress standpoint. But that would be my play of the game. I thought that was a hell of a play by him to drag drag Buddy uh, to, to the end zone as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice, nice. For me, the play of the game was definitely that Nick Anderson catch from from Jackson Arnold where he just like you said he just muscled the dude into the end zone. Yeah. That I agree with you there because that that to me was a testament to what we're doing. So you said it perfectly, Chris. I don't even add too much more on it except for the fact that 
the Schmitty effect is real and you're starting to see all of that happen. All right. Hop in the comments. Let us know what y'all thoughts. I saw a couple questions in here I did want to address real quick. Shawty, what's good with you? He asked the question, what happens if we get behind? What happens if we see some adversity? Do the schedule have any traps? Now, when I looked at this game overall, what happens if we get behind? We got a pass game. We got a good pass game, and we got receivers that people have slept on this season. So, to be honest, I have no concerns about us getting behind. I think that our offense is built to score extremely fast, which we've seen before. The, the all we need is to be healthy. If we're healthy, we get healthy, we stay healthy through these, and knock on wood, through these first two conference games. I think the Texas Red River game is going to be very fun. Uh, Texas is going to make it a challenge, and that'll be a true test of adversity. Going to Cincinnati is going to be a test as well, but I think we'll be fine there. And um, of course, I saw I saw you whiskey on the question around Matt around the holds. Yeah, we're not we're not even going to be yeah we're not even going to be concerned about that no more. We quit on the thoughts of penalties or whatnot. Let's dive into the defense, Chris. Lead the way. How did you feel about the defense in this game? Because I've got a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to let y'all lead us off. There was a lapse. I'm going to go ahead and point out the obvious. There, there was a lapse, and then there was a breakdown. The eye discipline was not was not uh, there at times on, on two particular touchdowns. And um, in one particular, you could blame it on, on Vickers being a freshman, but I think it's just understanding that, hey, there there are certain assignments out here. Do your job and take care of that, right? Um, for, the, for the most part, be honest with you, I'd give them a B minus yesterday simply because five interceptions, I don't care who that's against, that's five interceptions. You saw some plays. You saw back-to-back good plays. You saw Stutzman. Um, you know, um, I was telling my uncle earlier this morning as I was um, uh, looking at the highlights on college football final, I, I kept looking for the slant. I thought there were two guys in that area, and I didn't realize that Stutzman had jumped that route. And that right there, if you want to ask me early on, play of the game, that would be my play of the game simply because <laughs> what yeah. game have I talked about an awful lot? Uh, Jay, you've heard me talk about the Iowa State game from last yep. year an awful lot. They just yep. kept moving him out the way. They said, hey, hey, you go ahead and just move out the way. Going to run this little slant to the middle. We're going to get that every time. To see that recognition and see year two of the BV effect on the linebackers or whatnot, that growth, at least at that, with with Stutzman, thing of beauty. And for me, that is promising because that means that now we can cover the middle a little bit better. Um, Yep. You know, as much as I want to praise them, I I, I want to talk about some things that um, that one last thing I'll praise them on. We saw a pass rush. We saw him being hurried and different things like that you can't you can't really help that he's playing ncaa football out there where he's running to the right throwing it to the middle you know he's throwing cross body passes to the middle i mean it's just, it hey it just happens man but um two things i'll go back on, on, on like i did last week jay and we talked about it communication er, communication early on pre-snap gotta be faster gotta be quicker we gotta get aligned better um, and then just eye discipline has to be way better. But the tackling, um, the pass rush, different things like that, it was all there yesterday. It's just it's just those those little things right there is what's going to make us better 
communicating early, getting the line right, and then having that eye discipline, and then knowing to play or or who has what assignment. Those are the biggest takeaways that I had from the defense yesterday. Love it, love it. And if you guys, Cap, he was in here, Cap 405, the Crimson Captain. If you check out the film breakdown he has, he's got some great stuff. I sub specifically for those breakdowns. Great, great, great content. And I want to point that out because – as you mentioned about the communications early, he had some videos that broke down the different looks that we had between last year pre-snap and this year pre-snap. And I'll tell you this, we've got more chatter pre-snap this year, but less movement. People are actually in the places they're supposed to be a hell of a lot earlier than they were last year. Last year, they looked confused. There was a lot of disheveledness. Everybody's trying to figure out, oh, I'm gonna be over here. You see him running back and forth. This year, it's more of a, Go here, move here. No, that way. And you see, you see subtle movements and not panicky movements. That to me changed the game. And then, of course, a question in here is about Gentry. Gentry, I'm it looks like Gentry's good. Gentry's that dude. So Neo, you asked the question, is Gentry good? He looks solid. And Kim, this is the one thing I want to point out to add to what Chris mentioned, Cooper, I'm gonna pass it to you. Is yeah, that eye integrity is critical. We I mean, I mentioned this in the morning after, after I looked at it a second time, started looking through some stuff. I'm just like, man, I do blame Macari Vickers situation on being a freshman. That was his man. The linebacker was moving up. He was supposed to just follow his dude. The safety was supposed to, I think the safety moved up as well, but, and to pick up somebody else, but that was his guy. And what was he doing? Looking in the backfield. He had his eyes in the backfield, looking to see if he can get something, get a big play. Reggie on that out, that wheel route, the minute I saw that play on fourth down, I was like, they're going to fake an out and go up. And as soon as I saw him going out, I'm like, shoot, it's a wheel, it's a wheel, it's a wheel. And the minute it happened, you saw Reggie think, pick six, pick six, pick six. And so he jumped that out. But I'm like, dude, it's fourth down. They're not going to go for just the first down because they know y'all, we have jump routes all game. They set us up for them to go deep. And outside of that, I mean, Reggie, Reggie was out there hitting – he had his eye. It felt like we kind of got full of ourselves defensively through a lot of those uh, secondary plays. Gentry Williams is a monster. I'm going to talk about him after Coop. But, yes, we need to stay focused. Be careful on the jump routes. Stutzman recognized that, just like you mentioned from Iowa State. He recognized it in this game, just like he did in Iowa State, finally. Because that was how they set him up all last season. All that season, Stutz was moved by the eyeballs, and it got open slants. But he realized, they're going to move me. Okay. He waited. Boom, pick. This one, he saw it. Oh, they're going out. Boom, pick. Took it to the house, which is chest kiss. Cool. Pass to you. What jumped out to you defensively? What did you like, and what concerned you? 15 tackles for loss, five interceptions, a pick six, and three sacks. I mean, again... Chris, I think you said it. Don't matter who you're playing. That's 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 that is video <laughs> game football. That is video game football. At night when I'm playing, you know, Madden and uh, you know, my running back has 335 yards rushing in the first half. Like that that kind of stuff doesn't that doesn't happen, right? Um mm-hmm. but two of the interceptions that I think that were really, I mean, obviously Stutzman took off and I I was just smiling because I mean in the first quarter following up last week with what he did in the first quarter alone it, it's silly it is absolutely silly um but 
his, Trace Ford, uh, Gentry's pick, and Dolby's pick, where were the receivers? Right there. And we were competitive. And Gentry was 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 uh, was hip to hip with his receiver when he picked that ball off. Now, I also got to say, Reggie had himself a tough game. He absolutely had himself a tough game because he's the one who took who tackled Gentry on his interception. Uh, he went, I guess he went for a block and he quit and Gentry just, you know, dug into him, but Gentry was so excited being home and getting that pick. He didn't even turn around. Cause I'd have been like, mother, get the, my daughter had a soccer game Saturday <laughs> morning and she tried to score a goal and one of her teammates ran right in front of the ball and knocked it out. And I was like, who is this eight year old girl? Why don't she know? So, um, but I mean the, the, the competition that the defensive backs have now, yeah, that the, the, the laps and the B minus. Chris, I'm with you because that zone concept, whatever we're not doing correctly in that, needs to get tied up. And I don't know if it is an eye discipline thing. And I, and again, you know, when you have the quarterback who, you know, is the running guy and he takes off, you know, stretching out the pocket and then throws back across his body, that you can't live that way. Yeah, um, right. And right. at that, and at that point, they were just doing what they were. It was just, hey, just go out there and do something because it yeah. didn't matter. Um. The defensive line, we didn't see. I mean, listen, I, I want to see eight, ten sacks, stuff like that. Yeah, that 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 makes me happy. But that defensive line, uh, PJ, you can see every single week he gets smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter, and he is seconds away from just absolutely killing somebody. Um, I saw <laughs> yeah. I saw Grayson Halton flash, you know, quite a bit. Um, let's see here, uh, Jordan Kelly. Uh, and Isaiah Coe really, really uh, made some plays up front. Uh, but again, we we were pushing people, and it, it, you weren't seeing six guys running or anything like that. You see an absolute, um, you see, you know, an absolute setup. And uh, you know, the defensive, uh, the, the linebackers. I mean, you still are rolling out every single one of those guys. You see McKenzie make a few plays. Stutzman. I mean, if Stutzman's not the current front runner for the for the butt kiss, I, I don't know what to say because. I don't know if there is a linebacker in the country who has played and had more big plays than he has at this point. And that's not coming from an Oklahoma fan. That is just, that's just the facts. I'm just reading a paper here. And yeah. uh, so, but again, we had like 26 guys in the stat sheet on the defensive side. And um, you, you see Peyton Bowen, you know, and uh, let's see, who was it? It was Peyton Bowen. Maybe it's cap. Tell me if, if this was you cap, but um, there was time where Peyton Bowen, Made a big play, went to the sideline, and got his ass chewed out. And there was a time Stutzman, they they made a stop. He goes over the sideline, getting his ass chewed up. Continue, continue, continue with these first five games. We've got the depth. We've got the opponents. So we, if one of those guys makes a mistake, they come over and they get corrected. And BB yeah. is going to focus 100%. Yeah, Cap, thank you, brother. He's going to focus 100% on all the stuff that they didn't do right. Because and the big thing, he, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want he doesn't want this team, you know, you know, walking around with uh, as Damian Mackey says, the gorilla nuts, you know, just acting like they got it all going on. Because we, you know, he'll say, guys, we haven't done anything yet. We were three and zero last year too. Exactly, and that's the and that's the key thing to think about. It is their goal is to get one percent better every single game, and we're seeing that now. And so it's a question in here, Neil asking about Gentry being hurt. Last I saw, he went back in the game and then, of course, came out yeah. as the game was, you know, getting out of hand, no reason to play him. 
it appears it looks like it's something with his shoulder because he i think it's, it's got to be it's, it appears to be something like with his shoulder because he hits pretty hard not only is he a really good defender but he can hit he likes to level folks and so because of that i'm wondering if it's something with that so we'll we'll find out i know uh, that we'll have the the bv press conference tomorrow of course i'm gonna watch it break it down drop a video to talk through it but i'm a, he did come back in the game and he played very well when he came back in and so i'm excited about that secondary we're still we still ain't seen josiah wagner guys we still ain't seen him and everybody told us that he was still in the starting spot we still ain't got him once he plays which i think he may come we may see an appearance of him against uh, Cincinnati, Ooh, it's going to be nice. Him, and don't forget, we were down McCullough still, and we're down yep. uh, Harrington. Yep. Point, uh, before we before we move on, uh, change topic topics or whatnot. So, yeah. I brought up a good point this morning. I didn't know this. Did you guys realize this was uh, Dylan Gabriel's first win, ever win over Tulsa? Yep, it is. Yeah. I, I, I heard uh, – Oh, actually, I was listening to the guys that came on the show, the Golden Hurricanes, uh, yeah. the Tulsa podcasters. They talked about that in their show when they actually talked to one of the guys from the franchise talking about oh, the game. And that was one of the notes they pointed out. I'm like, shut the front doors. UCF, he never beat Tulsa? Yeah. That's crazy. Now, he went out there and cooked them. <laughs> now, here's one, last, here's one last point. Jay, you'll like this right here. You'll like this. You ready for this? Give it to this me. is Trace Ford's first game never struggling against Tulsa. So – Fair point. We're all winners. That's good. Know? We're winning, baby. We're winning. And somebody saying. may mention this too. We've got to give some some love to the line. <laughs> Let me go find that comment real quick. There was a there was a comment to we, we got to show the D line some love, and we do because they went out there and played. You got the trace forward interception, almost pick six. Big yeah. man interception. Big man almost got a touchdown. It's just you know, big man just runs out of gas. <laughs> I'll say it again. I'm not saying trace forward individually i'm just saying it's the first time trace ford's been on a on a team that hasn't struggled fair point (laughs) good clarification good clarification and then we know the team he played for before so they definitely struggled but no that defensive line did well and so coop i'm so glad you pointed that out that was the one thing i'm 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 gonna close us up on before we move on to some of the other topics is that 15 tackles for the loss if there's a statistic that is owned and written all got gotten written all over it. Brent Venables, Brent Venables defense is the tackles for the loss. And I don't think people understand how important that is because what tackles for the loss does is it puts these teams in really bad third down con- situations because that's usually when you get it. You typically get it at second down and it shoots them back. Year over year, we look a hell of a lot better oh, on. Uh, third down conversions than we do last year. And when I say a hell of a lot, I mean a hell of a lot. We are a different team when it comes to conversions on it's like 30 from went from 34% to 29% this year. That's a huge jump. Like you may think that, oh, it's only, you know, what's that? What's that? Five percent. That's a massive change in percentages for a game, for for a team to be able to make a change. And so that defensive line is one of the big reasons why. The secondary, almost underneath that, the wild was starting to get a little cooked because what was happening was the defensive line was getting the pressure and they were quickly getting rid of the ball and they were trying to get that guy that was coming across as fast as possible because they knew somebody was coming. G-Baby, when P.J. got in there, he instantly got a tackle for a loss and then a sack. Mm -hmm. You start to see... 
what you want out of this defensive line. They're getting the pressure. If we ever get a team that doesn't have six to seven blockers, mm-hmm. we're probably going to get more sacks. That's what we saw last year. Last year, people doubted that line, defensive line. And so what they do, they went ahead and gave uh, – they gave us, you know, just regular fronts. They weren't blocking with six and seven and eight dudes. They didn't do a lot of max protect. Tulsa did more max protect in the game than I thought they would. They actually had more blockers back there. And so – as we were dropping back, they were throwing underneath to try to get mm-hmm. plays out as quickly as possible because Roman Fuller was getting abused. And let me point that last thing out to y'all. When you play a team and they get down to that third-string quarterback and you know that third-string quarterback is questionable as far as his abilities, if you don't abuse them, you didn't get your job done right. And I say that about any team. We went out there and abused <laughs> the second and third-string quarterback because Fuller's the third-string eight. It was so bad they had to bring in the injured Cardell Williams and say, hey, man, can you just, like, tape that hand up, take cortisone shot and play? We desperate. We desperate. Mm-hmm. And he did good. He looked he looked solid. You know, that hand didn't look too bad. But that's when we weren't – we were being cocky. But the second half, give mad props to this defense. Second half, we gave up three points the whole half. Three. We gave up three points the whole second freaking half. Mm-hmm. And usually in blowouts, you start giving up garbage. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it, guys. That's something to be excited about. So, um, go ahead. Top play of the game as well. Give me your top play. Uh, give me your last comment as well as give me your top play from the defensive side. So my top. Uh, so my 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 last comment was going to be. I want to show. I want to give a shout out to Kendall Dobie. Two things I saw from that intercession was one. It, it trend. It, excuse me. You look like your film from NEO. Yep. You look like, like college film. film yes. And then the second takeaway is that's just a glimpse of how good he could be once he actually understands what Venables is asking of him in his defense, what him and Villar are asking him in his defense. And I think that's a guy that you can see play. Honestly, I like him at corner, but I can see him playing both as well if if need be, right? So um, as far as my play of the game for uh, for the defense, um. Man, I, I would I would probably I would probably stay with Dolby. I, I would go uh, two plays back to back. The Vickers uh, Vickers when he read that play, got that tackle and and stuff stuff little buddy. And then when um, Dolby was able to get that interception, I would say back to back. That was probably my favorite drive of the game, honestly, or my fa- yeah for the defense favorite play. I can see I can totally see that. Cool. What was your favorite play out there on the defensive side of the ball this time? You know, I'm going to do a, a, a Gabe Eifert here right here and say I was going to give it to Stutzman on the eight-yard uh, completion for his first tackle because he lit dude up. I mean, you know, you 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 give up the fumble, uh, then you turn around, and he stuck that guy. And, I mean, like, it, that uh, you don't want to – you don't want – you don't want to – see him anymore after that point and then he only got better after that game but i gotta give it to trace four uh i mean the big man rumbling and it reminds me of the lalau pick last year where he's just running down the sideline and he's thinking like how long are these lines it, it, you know i can't remember is that christian movie where the guy does the blindfold with a teammate on his back and he's just doing the bear crawl and he's like just a little more just a little more and uh yeah, he just looked like, I mean, I wanted him to score for obvious reasons, but it was just nice because, again, um, not that uh, not that OSU fans needed any other things to lament last uh, this weekend, 
but uh, I'll, I'll quote Hank. South Alabama was the second best team in uh, in Oklahoma this week, this weekend, and uh, that that's that's some funny stuff. But Trace Ford intercepting that ball, um, and, and it's it's just great. I mean, he has been dropping into coverage quite a bit. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but he is dropping back out. I mean, all the time facing the Giants. Yeah. Thanks, Tuffer. Yeah, no, that that, that trace you gotta love a big man interception and a big man play like that. I'm gonna give mine to the Gentry Williams interception. The way that he played that center field like that to to tee us off. Because of course Stutzman's pick six was amazing. I love that he was he did what he did. I wanted Trace Ford to get that touchdown, but you know, it happens and he did fantastic there as well. But the big one that jumped out to me too was just that Gentry played center field so well on that play. It was the the the, the defensive line, and and honestly, you can give credit to the defensive line with him because defensive line got the pressure. He just launched that thing, and it was one of those you level the quarterback, and the ball ain't gonna go where you wanted to. And Gentry was ready for it. He was like, "All right, this is what you're gonna go for. I'm out here. I'm ready for it." And boom, he got the interception as if it was a big old punt. Beautifully played, beautifully focused. That's what we need out of this team. So. Thank y'all for pulling up as usual. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, hit that uh, um, rate review. Give us five stars. And if you're here, wipe your feet, hit that like button, as well as share. Why? Because sharing is caring. And so we're going to talk about the next thing that's coming up for us. We got commitment watches. And Wednesday, Okoye will be doing his commitment, 630 in Bigsby. He's got that up on his social media. He said he will be streaming live on IG. We will be here on the channel doing the live stream, watching it. We'll probably go ahead and do the whole show there. We'll talk about the Cincinnati game more in depth, talk about the commitment in preparation, and, you know, wait and see if he makes his decision and come to Oklahoma or not. But it does look good for us, looks favorable. If you saw, he was okay, ref, right after the game. So I'm assuming he was at the game um, and just didn't say anything about it. But he was on K-Ruff, literally at the post game, And you can just see the smile on his face, the picture he took with Travis. And he was he was pretty excited. You, you can tell that he's liking what is going on with this defense. So make sure that you guys tune in. You'll see the link up. I'll probably put it up on Tuesday night when I get back home. I fly in late. I'll have the link up. We'll be live probably about 6 o'clock. We'll go ahead and probably go early, chop it up, talk ball, prepare it you know and then we'll go straight to the instagram at 6 30 watch him make his commitment we don't know how long it's gonna take but he he will be opposite of nigel he won't just drop a get graphic uh okoye is more of a he's more of a showman so and that you know we appreciate showman so that means that he's gonna actually let us know what's going down so let's dive into this though Coop, how you feeling about okoye as we're getting closer and closer to this he didn't make the texas trip obviously if he was on k-ref right after our game it appears that Tennessee is still fighting to get that visit. What, what, what's your thoughts on Okoye as he's pulling up? Um, I mean, I, I had a conversation with him to, this morning and just was asking him what his thoughts were and just seeing the defense and what, you know, if he teamed up with the uh, the fellows coming in already, if he teamed up, what, what does that look like? And uh, he says, you know, it's absolutely intriguing. And we were talking a little bit about the uh, the quarterbacks that are going to be uh, on our lineup. And, uh, you know, I've said this before, so if it's repetitive, just, you know, sorry about that. But you got 
Bama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and LSU will most likely all have uh, first-time quarterbacks playing next year. So that's our defensive line going against every bit of that. And then, you know, you've got like Missouri and stuff like that, but I'm not, you know, I don't care what happened yesterday. Um, that, that guy's not any good. So um, it, it is an absolute, I mean, I, I feel great. And uh, you know, you'll see how gr- I, I have very good Intel to say that tells me that, you know, what we're going to, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be good. So I, yeah. I like OU all the way. Yeah. The tea leaves are telling me the same thing. Looking at this, like I said, being at the game and just as Stubby mentioned here, uh, him being at the game yesterday, yep, that's a very good sign. Yep, darn good sign. That means that he really is serious about Oklahoma and his excitement about being a Sooner. And, and imagine him, you're going to have him, Stoney, next to each other, Nigel, uh, Wyatt Gilmore, right. who's out here leveling people. And then you're going to have Jane Jackson just filling up the middle and just running folks up. And then Danny Saeli will get here as a transfer from JUCO. The defensive line is going to continue to grow. And and to note, we have a lot of defensive players that can come back next year. I'm going to go through the list of players that can be super seniors. So there's a good chance. <laughs> we yeah. may have too many players. And that would be a really it's good bad. problem to have. <laughs> Chris, hey, thoughts on the code yet? Go ahead, go ahead Coop, real quick, and then pass to Chris. I was just going to say, and then you forget about P.J., He's going to probably be doing his coming out. Um, and then you still have uh, G-Baby. He's still going to be there. Uh, it's That defensive line next year could be silly. Well, I, I always mess up his name. I always mess up his last name. Jay, you know where I'm going with this. Wine? Uh, uh, Taylor Wine, yeah. Taylor Wine. Taylor Wine. Yeah. Oh, I heard he's pulling a lot of weight. Like He added like 30 pounds since he's been here. That means his frame can handle more, and it's absurd that he can get that much bigger. Yeah. Yeah, be afraid of him. Yeah. And, I mean, you got to think just stack, trying to stack these classes and being able to to put those guys opposite of him. Don't get me wrong. The the the, the Winnery, that, that, that's something that, you know, hopefully we revisit. And, yeah, I get it, you know, stings, all the rest of that. But you got to think what we have on campus right now playing opposite of a guy like Okoye, that, that still – you know, we still got at least two more years with those kids that's already on campus, right? So, yeah. Um, as far as Okoye, man, hey, I think it speaks volumes that he didn't make that trip to uh, to, to Texas. Um, I think it, it, it speaks volumes that we went out there and had the showing that we did, and you had guys, um, you know, from 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 one, I mean, from the starters all the way down to the depth chart, man. They they were. They were out there balling and they were out there uh, being very active or, and, and whatnot. And then I think it's also very uh, is, is very interesting that Tennessee is struggling to get the, uh, get that 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 visit solidified, right? So yep. um, definitely encouraging, man. Definitely encouraging with him. And I mean, I, I just it's just impressive to see how much ground we've made up from whenever this, when when this thing first started, you know, from yep. whenever the gates actually opened. And then he was open to having a visit with OU. And, man, you just got to think, like, you know, when they first hired uh, Chavis, you, you just kind of were like, eh, young guy, this and that, you know, this and that. But, hey, BV didn't just, just go get his friends. He brought some heavy hitters with him, some recruiters. He brought some recruiters with him. So um, it's really impressive to see what he's done. But all in all, man, I, I think – in my heart of hearts, I think Okoye is, is going to commit to the good guys. I really do. 
I really do. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Because that OK Prep agenda is continuing. And so we've got to talk about this really quickly before we move on to the next game and wrap things up, throw that bad boy bow on it, is with that OK Prep agenda, Koye, we're working on him now, bringing him in. You know, Stoney's technically from Oklahoma. We got him, Michael Patterson, um, McDonald, you know, with the commitment. You know, we've got – just the list goes on and on about those OK Preps. We just had a – commitment for a PWO. Dax knows he is a safety out of Norman North. He's six foot about 185. He has committed to the Sooners. And what it sounds like as a PWO, he's also going to play baseball. He's also going to play. So, you know, two sport you doing what we do best, being two sport you. But he's he's an athlete, safety. And it looks like Brandon Hall was really heavy in the recruitment or whatnot. Coop's going to put something out on that, working on all his videos. We'll have that video to talk through. We'll look at film. We'll talk about his ability. We'll look at, lat- of course, junior film and film currently if it's available. But, yeah, that okay prep agenda is continuing. So y'all should be excited about that. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Next week's game, we've got the Cincinnati game coming up. And we're going to talk about some games around the country before we go. Next week, I want to make one comment. We'll dive deeper into this Wednesday, so we'll save most of the content for then. Cincinnati did not look good this week. Now I'm terrified of them because for some weird reason, they're going to just magically show up against us right when we go out there to Cincinnati. So as long as we don't overlook them, as long as we say that, no, we're going to take this game seriously, we're going to focus on them like we're supposed to, I think we'll be just fine, and I think that we'll be successful. Any quick notes you have on that, Chris? Um, two things you have. Well, well. First off, I want to thank Cardell Williams for giving us the film and and some of the actual live game reps uh, uh, for what we're going to see with Emory uh, Jones. It's smart. I thought Emory Jones. Was, yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I was like, hey, that's perfect. That is perfect. Let's trial by error. Let's let's go ahead and do it now. Let's get the kinks out so we'll have some film to compare and contrast and to look forward to what we're going to do. Uh, in the Cincinnati game. Two things I think you have to do is make sure that you turn him into a a legit passer that game. And then two, shut down whatever type of quarterback draw, quarterback power, quarterback blast, whatever they want to call it. You have to make sure that you shut that down. Um, Do not – this is where you see if this defense is really taking uh, another step or or a major step in – and, and just, again, I, I discipline, recognizing what's going to happen. If they're going to telegraph it with a lead blocker, go out there and you know where that lead blocker is going, shed the block, let's get to it. You got to stop the quarterback yeah. run because I can see them on short yardage plays trying to run not only Wildcat, but also like quarterback powers with Emory Jones. You have to turn him into a legit passer. Two weeks ago against uh, Pitt, he didn't have the best outing. He had 120-something yards. Thing that you have to remember, and I, I know I'm being a little bit long when I ended here, but okay. <laughs> for, for me, it's just about establishing the run early against that 3-3-5, being able to hit our targets when we need to hit our targets, being decisive with the football, and then also on defense, just turning him into a legit passer. Do not let Emory Jones come out here and be Lamar Jackson. Keep him contained. Uh, shut down the quarterback run game. Turn him into a legit passer. Watch for the slants get in and out you're done i agree with that kim you are 100 right to let me add this comment i think a coaching congratulation is in order actually coaching up players and recruits like no other thank you coaching staff kim you are spot on with that i totally 100 percent agree we should definitely give them their flowers now 
And and Lloyd, this was kind of my concern. We're not gonna look overlook Cincinnati, but that's the beauty of this staff. This is something that you would. This is what you see out of BV. This is what you see out of Bates, Chavis, uh, Demarco Murray, Emmett Jones. You've seen as Brandon Hall, even Ted Roof, and all of, in the linebacker squad. They we're not overlooking teams we shouldn't overlook, and they will guarantee give us their best shot. So that's something that we got to pay attention to. Coop, feeling for that? Give me your quick thought. Yeah, so, I mean, Emory Jones, 20 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown, uh, 18 of 34, right around 50%, 265, two picks. He is going to make mistakes. This is who he is. Um, you know, they – they uh, Miami of Ohio had 237 yards passing, uh, 130, 121 rushing. Um, this team is going to – again, they're going to have the same coaching that they had after the SMU game that we won, but we still have a lot to work on. Yeah. And it being an 11 o'clock game, you get there, you go take care of business, you get on the plane, you come home, and then you go to uh, – uh, what's the what's the next game? It's against uh, FanDuel University – I mean, uh, Iowa State. So <laughs> you got to go against them next. And I mean, obviously, they're going to be throwing the same garbage that they've always thrown at us. The deal is, is they are just – they're just thin. Um, so I, I, I have a very, very, if we see this defense hold Cincinnati to 17 or fewer points, everybody across the nation now is going to start saying what, what's going on over in Oklahoma, assuming that Colorado doesn't get, you know, it handed to them or anything like that, because right. they, they've been stealing a lot of uh, headlines. So, uh, I'm excited about the Cincinnati game because again, this is the first conference game. This is their welcome to the league and, I'd like to, I'd like to say, you know, Hey, listen, this has been our league for, you know, it, since its inception, we've won half of them. Have fun after this. We're out. Exactly. So we've got it for the most part. This has been, like I said, this is our conference. We've owned this bad boy. We may as well be excited and, and show that we're still, we're still daddy and we still run this beautiful thing. So yeah, you know, every team we play, no, it's not every team's a trap game. I'm not saying – I never said Cincinnati's a trap because we're not looking past Cincinnati. We're not looking at – we're on to Cincinnati. We're not looking at Iowa State. I promise you that. The key thing about this one, Mars, and this is the reason why we talk about it, is they've got Dante Corleone. And if you don't know that name, go one, go look at the preseason college football All-American list on the defensive line side. You see his name there. They call him a godfather for a reason. Cincinnati's considered to have the best defensive line in the Big 12, them and battling with Texas, as far as being proven. Corleone's a monster, like a monster. He's his own gravitational pull on that line. And so the point behind looking at Cincinnati is that dude's good. And Mm -hmm. so now we get to test out our offensive line. And, And the thing everybody's pointed out, We've all got questions about how offensive lines playing, especially on the run. The pass is fine. We're protecting like crazy on the pass. The 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 the, the pass is cool, but the run. I'm wondering how we're going to be able to do it on Corleone. Now, the, the the point is with that, we should be able to run it down their throat because they're running it through three five. We should be able to do what Bama did to them in the playoffs. Passing is going to be intriguing, but running is going to be the biggest thing. And, yeah, he's about 325, and he moves like he's, like, 250. Dude's a beast. Mm -hmm. Like, again, 
He's considered a top 10 draft pick. He's also an All-American, preseason All-American, and he's playing like it already. So, Mars, we're not saying that, oh, you know, you know, we're quitting or anything. We're being smart. We're being con- we're pointing out who the talent is. I'm not concerned about Emory. We've seen Emory when he was at Florida. And we've also, like you mentioned, Chris, which is fantastic. We played against Cardell Williams, who plays a similar type of game. All we got to do is not let them have an underneath mess, and we'll take them out on the defense. I think our defense will be fine. I'm curious to what our offense. This is the this is the first true test for our offensive line, and this and as long as we, if we walk out of there unscathed, especially if we protect D, uh, DG and he can go put up numbers, mm-hmm. ooh, buddy, this I will be excited. This is stage one, and I will say this again: this is stage one. This is not a trap game. This is just the first test, conference game, first test, this, first real this test. Is the, this is the first test that they that you have to do. Um, is just get past this right here. We all saw what happened last year against TCU. Obviously, I'm going to say this right here. Granted, how things went in the national championship final, TCU still was a hell of a team last year uh, to be able to pull pull off uh, what they did. And way more talented team than what the Cincinnati team is, but at the same time, can't overlook them. But I do agree with Mars on the last bit of his comment, though. Only way that we lose this game if we beat ourselves. Exactly. We have to go out there and be disciplined and and keep the confidence. Go out there and do what you need to do. Keep the penalties down and just go from there. That's it. Yeah, the biggest thing is, and Mars, and just like Chris said, you're right. Mars, you're 100% right. We lose this game is because we beat ourselves. That's the that's 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 it. Point blank, period. Hard stop, hard pause. We have no reason not to. The spread came out. And we are 11 point spreads on the road. We're 11 point favorites on the road. So we're favored by 11 points. We're 3 0 against the spread this season. And so now the question is going to be what the, can we cover the spread for the fourth straight week? And I have confidence we can go up there and cover the spread for the fourth straight week. So be prepared for that. All right, let's wrap it up. Put a ball. Go ahead. Get Coop. Huh? Did you, did you guys also see that OU is the only team that has covered all three weeks? We're only ones. So, and, and just this just know historically, yeah, yeah. Tra- traditionally, that that's not the game we play, especially with lower competition. So, um, I don't know what the over under is. I was trying to look it up, but I, I'm pretty sure my internet's gone to crap. But, um, it, you know, with an 11 point on the on the road, I mean, that's essentially giving you an 18 point. You know, saying you know Vegas says we're 18 points better than this team. So, correct. Um, my bad. Go, my bad. No, no, no. You're you're that's, good. No, that you said it right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me update you all. ESPN from Caesars Sportsbook has an update. It's now thirteen and a half, and it's a sixty and a half uh, over under. Okay. So our our over our spread in this game on the road is honestly more than it was against SMU at the crib. So I just want to say this: try to tell you SMU is a lot better than we think, right? SMU was only a well, it was seventeen points of dog. Uh, on the road, we're a 13 and a half point favorite on the road, which means that if we were at home, we would be about 17 points with Cincinnati. So, yeah, that's that's the baked in three points. SMU Cincinnati is about even. That so either Cincinnati's bad or SMU's good. We've got to decide which one that is. So, yeah, I I feel like we're gonna do some things. So, uh, I know who stayed up for that for that uh, Colorado game last night. Who stayed up? Yeah. Bro, I fell asleep, man. I was I woke up at two o'clock. The hell happened? <laughs> I, <saw the> day <laughs> one. I, like, I went to sleep around 
when they I, I went to sleep when they got down uh uh and I said oh man and I was like Phew. fell asleep woke up and I was like did they win did they win and I saw I saw the highlights and said oh my god yeah 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 I I fell asleep on it because I had a flight early this morning and so I got up I recorded my morning after um, I, I watched some 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 of the game again. I had some parts of the game I wanted to re-see. So I was watching that Colorado game while watching us. Went to sleep, woke up, watched some more of us. And I was like, all right, put out my morning after, headed to the airport. And I looked at the score and I was like, oh, my God, they really did go to overtime. So I'm listening to it while I'm driving home. It's the Coach Prime's interview, driving to the airport. I'm like, yeah, that was an entertaining game and whatnot. So, Coop, did you get to stay up for it or did you pass out like everybody yeah, else? No, that no, lasts no. like one in the morning. Yeah, no, I, I stayed up and, you know, it was, uh, I mean, listen, Colorado State wins that game if they don't have about two dozen personal foul. I mean, I don't know what the hell, you know, that uh, Jaden Ravel was teaching or coaching those guys. But, I mean, it, it looked, it looked like it is an absolute, uh, it was an absolute just, you know, slugfest. And yep. Colorado State went out to say that, like, we're not, we're not going to do this. So, this week, I believe they get uh, USC. No, Oregon. They travel to Eugene this week. Next week, USC comes to the crib. So I'm I'm excited about conference play over there. That's gonna be fun. And, and guess what? Uh, Deion Sanders is going to be on 2020. He's going to be on another show. Like he is, he is traveling all over the place, and he has got what he. I mean, he he better have enjoyed it because now we get to start seeing some stuff. Because it, that, I mean. It, they have played – and listen, SMU gets TCU. So if SMU does to TCU what Colorado did, then we need to, you know, have a little uh, reassessment on what TCU is this year. And I expect it. I expect them to to lay it down. So uh, yeah. Colorado is uh, – I mean, they've got the playmakers, and they know who to go to. And right now uh, Mel Kuyper has uh, Shadour Sanders as a top ten pick um, in his latest, you know – top you know big board or whatever so a lot of people oh yeah he's on right now so yeah a lot of a lot of people are starting to to, um really see that Dion's not long for colorado he's going to get it going on and uh but i I tell you what it's going to be this is a week where we get a lot of stuff that uh we get to you know get a clearer picture of what's going on in the college football world agree because once they actually play against um, once they actually like I said, start playing against all of the Pac-12 games, we're going to really see what Colorado is truly made of. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited to see what, uh, w- what we're working on from that end or whatnot. And so Colorado is going to be a fun team to watch the rest of the season. Just enjoy the entertainment. I tell everybody, you can hate – Prime, enjoy the entertainment because it's entertaining. And Deion Sanders has been Deion Sanders since Deion Sanders has been Deion Sanders. And that's for a lot of people, he is one of our favorite players playing in NFL throughout the 90s. It was so much fun watching him do what he did. So good stuff. I hope that they give Oregon and USC hell. I want them to be battles like they did with Colorado State. Rivalry games are fun. You know, you'll see the our rivalry game is Red River where random stuff happens. You know, we came back from 28 points and won the game and may, and Chris had uh Texas fans crying and wearing Oklahoma jerseys and them <laughs> saying they hated here. So that's what happens in rivalry games. That's why that game looked like that. Texas Wyoming was the last game I want to talk about before we get up out of here. Outside of the fact that all of this week has been weird 
every team struggled. It was a lot of struggle bus this week, and we thought week two was going to be bad. Then we had the Boston College Florida State game. You had Texas and Wyoming was tied 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. And I know my Texas fans that have pulled up to come in here and troll us, they're probably like, oh, well, you know, we ended up winning and blowing them out 31-10. to 10. Sure. But y'all went to the fourth quarter tied with Wyoming. Now, Wyoming's a tough team. They beat Texas Tech. I mean, we can ask ourselves, is Texas Tech any good as well? But, you know, I digress. They – that was – that I told everybody, and it's funny because uh, Stephen from Fanatic Perspective, the Texas uh, YouTuber that we kick it with, you know, I tweeted out, the betting history, not biases on me, not any of that. Betting history tells you to take Wyoming plus the points. Just do with that information as you see fit. And he was looking at me like, oh, really? So, so as you're saying, I was like, look, after big games, a dud traditionally shows up. Take the points. He took a note of it. Of course, I hit him up at the start of the fourth quarter. I mean, you notice y'all was 31-point favorites. Y'all was tied 10-10 in the fourth <laughs> that game told me enough that yeah, a dud happens after that. And 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 Neil, you're 100 right. Wyoming ran out of gas because they were playing with the second string quarterback. Did y'all notice that too? That happens. So so Chris, talk to me. You 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 go look and uh and, and scroll through some of that Texas Wyoming, and you got some uh some noise to talk. Oh, I watched the game. I, I definitely watched the game, and I I said to myself, I said, oh, uh, you know. Hold on, hold on. Let, let me preface this with this. You know, got to give some shout out. Got to give another shout out to my uncle. My uncle called me. He said, hey, man, is Texas really that good or is Bama just that damn bad? I'm starting to believe it's Bama's that damn bad right now because Wyoming, I figured Wyoming would give them some problems because, one, Wyoming, in my opinion, not because of the Texas Tech loss uh, or win, but because they're similar to Rice. But they have more continuity, and they have they have a couple of NFL players on that team. I'm just gonna be honest with you, they just ran out of gas. That was the biggest problem um, for me. There's still questions about uh, the defense, uh, 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 at, at least at some levels or whatnot. The interior is fine, but the edge, I'm still kind of worried about the edge rush. Um, all in all, I would tell you this right here. I don't know if Texas has an elite running game, I still think they're like us uh, uh, an awful lot. I think their offensive line is still gelling, trying to figure things out. And I just don't see them having a, a, a good run game. I'm not, I'm not a big stats guy because me being a, ba- a basketball player is what I played all throughout, you know, whatever you can go out there and have 30, but did you did it take you 40 shots to get that 30 points right you know anybody can hit 30 but did, how many shots did you get it on were you efficient and that's the whole thing with the run game I'm just I just I mean Jonathan Brooks is not that guy I think he's perfect for screens little things like that get him out there in space and let him be a, a burst of action I mean a, yeah a little burst of action CJ Baxter is your guy but it's a lot to put on a true freshman and the thing is, it's just that, you know, as much as we talk about Savion Bird, you could talk about DJ Campbell uh, in the same light as well. It seems like they both kind of take plays off. Quinn, 
it's one thing when you're facing a a a secondary that's full of you know that's injured and you got you know as as much as we can say hey Caleb Downs is that guy and all the rest of that stuff he's a true freshman biting on the RPOs. Let's just be honest with what was going on with a lot of those deep passes, and yeah. so it, it's it's hard. And that's what I asked Nick and Steven the last time when they uh when when we were on together. I said I'm gonna let y'all have gloat, let y'all have y'all win. But there's two things I have to ask. What happens when, one, you face a competent quarterback who can actually read coverages and get the ball where it needs to be? And then, two, what happens whenever you don't have freshmen in the secondary that you're running simple plays against and you're just dropping it over their head because they're biting every time because they don't have that eye discipline? Yep. What happens when those two things happen? That's what I'm curious to see, too. And Texas is going to have that test. They'll have Jalen Daniels coming up very soon. And honestly, Baylor. Baylor's not as bad as Baylor is playing right now. Baylor's going to get up for this game in Waco. It's going to be an interesting game. That's a kickoff. We keep going back and forth. I would love to know what you and Coop think about that. That's a 6.30 kickoff, y'all. Woo! Well, I mean, all, all you have to do is look at Bama. 10 of 23 for 107 yards between Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner. It, they're bad. I, I said it in, in, in the middle of the summer. I said, don't be, you know, don't be surprised if Texas goes down there and gives them because Alabama's got to figure out what's happening in a quarterback. And, you know, they played nobody in week one. And so we thought, oh, okay, Jalen Milrow actually can do something. Well, <laughs> you know, it's they uh, South Florida – at one point, looked like they were going to mess around and beat them. And yeah, Texas with Texas this week. I mean, listen, it, it's you go into the fourth quarter tied, and it was an absolute, absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of people who were already starting to you know throw out the Malik Murphy and throwing out other stuff too. So it these things. This is this was a down game after a big game. You know, it, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to really really get in and make sure that you got people that are made of the good stuff. And that's the question that we've always had about Texas is what are they made of? What are they really, really made of? How do they handle success? How do they handle adversity? How do they handle controversy? Well, I promise you, they can't look ahead to Oklahoma. They don't have coaches working on Oklahoma. They got coaches working on Baylor and they got coaches working on Kansas and they can't, they cannot look ahead because, because that offensive line got the uh, preseason, you know, best offensive line in the league situation and it's struggling and that running game, they don't know what they have just kind of like us, but it, they got to have the the play action. They got to have people, you know, the rest receivers are good and they'll do great against the zone. They'll do great against a single man. But if you got safeties back there, they're trying to throw deep. And I, I like, you know, downs is a freshman and uh, you know, I'm not going to go through, he's not no Peyton Bowman, but I think that our defensive backfield is, we didn't say Billy Bowman's name this week. I mean, nobody even – they didn't even mess with Billy Bowman. And so nope. with the four guys that we start and then the, the, the next four or five that you roll in, if the defensive line continues to progress, Texas is, is in for something because that 49 to nothing, mm-hmm. wrap that shit up because you guys got about two more weeks. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You run out of time, Texas fans, with that joke as it's about to be over. So, all right. I got to roll because I actually got to go work. Um, So thank y'all for pulling up to the channel. Please hit the like button if you're new to the channel. Subscribe. If you're listening, rate, review, give us five stars. I think we deserve it. 
Give us five anyway and gift it. Go check out Chris over at the Horns Down Podcast. You know, we you typically do post-game streams. I wasn't able to this week, but I should be there next week as that's an early game and I will be around. You know, me and Coop's always holding it down. Coop's going to drop some PWL stuff. We'll get that edited and put out immediately, and then we'll also have some stuff for the members. Um, thank y'all for coming, and we will chop it up with y'all, I don't know, in about, what, a day or two? Yeah. Peace. Boom.